The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. I have a special episode for you this week that was recorded live in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community, and we're talking about spirituality for challenging times. This is a topic that is near and dear to my own heart, not only the benefits of spirituality, but what to do when we need it the most and how it can help us. We're going to be talking about what is spirituality, do you need a spiritual practice, and what does one look like, and then I'm going to go into my top three benefits to having a spiritual perspective during hard times. If you're not already a member of the Wisdom Community, hop on over to Facebook. You can get all the links and more details for this podcast at NadiaDelaCruz.com. Thank you so much for listening. It is five o'clock here in Seattle, and it's officially time for our monthly gathering in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community. So I just want to thank everyone who's able to join me live today, everyone who's watching the replay. Um, It means so much to me to have this space where we can come together and connect. So... (laughs) The Wayne Dyer Wisdom community has been going strong since 2015, just a few days after Dr. Wayne Dyer died. Now, I, um, my name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I discovered Wayne Dyer when I was a teenager. Um, hi, Mary. Thanks so much for joining. Um, if anyone is here live, please, uh, or watching the replay, let us know where you're joining from. We are really a global community, and isn't that amazing? Um, one of the blessings, I think, of being alive at this time in the world. So I started following Dr. Wayne Dyer when I was watching PBS with my dad when I was a teenager, and there was something about him that just... Um, lit something up in me. It was like a remembering, it was an awakening, it was this idea that we are not limited to maybe what society taught us was the grind of life. Hi, Annette, so wonderful to see you here. Thank you for joining. He opened my eyes. And that was at a time when he was talking about spirituality. So as many of you know, he started out as a professor of um, counseling psychology at uh, St. John's University in New York, and he had his own counseling practice. So he definitely had a psychology background, and it wasn't until the late 80s, early 90s that he really started talking about spirituality, that he started learning about spirituality and got excited about it and taught it to us. And I felt like 
as he went deeper down that path, I went down that path with him. He led so many of us down that path in a way that felt safe and beneficial and understanding. And if it weren't for Wayne, bless you, Wayne, I don't know that I would have an understanding of spirituality. And it has been such a core of strength in my life. You know, spirituality, I think, is something that when you're starting to learn about it, you might be curious, it can be fun, it can be something that feels like play, and that's wonderful. You can play with the law of attraction, with manifestation, with um, with crystals, with cards, with, you know, anything. He, he used to tell us, have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. So it can feel like play, and it should feel like play. Life should be play. But... The benefits really came when hard times happened, when there were difficult moments in our lives and nobody here, nobody here is getting out alive, (laughs) but we also don't go unscathed. You know, it's part of the human condition to experience pain and illness and loss and and hardship and, and sometimes things ending that we don't understand, that we don't want to end. It's in those moments that these ideas, that these practices that I had played around with for so long, I've been, I've been involved in spirituality for probably 25 years now, but it's in those moments that it really shined, that I found that having either a spiritual practice or simply a spiritual perspective, that you can find meaning, that you can find healing, that you can reach hope, in your darkest moment. You know, nobody is more spiritual than anybody else. It doesn't matter how long I've been doing this or how long somebody else has been doing this or how long you've been doing it. Um, I studied with Kyle Gray, another Hay House author, for several years, and he used to say, think of me as your spiritual running buddy. And that's how I want you to think of me. I love that. I love that because um, as Ramdas used to say, you know, we come together to remind each other what we already know. Because when you listen to someone who's speaking from their heart, who's sharing these universal truths that have been written about and talked about for thousands of years, these are not new ideas. It might be the first time you've heard it, but when you hear it, You nod like, yes, yes, that's so true. How do you know it's true? Because it lives inside of you. All of the answers are always inside of you. And that's part of what spirituality is. Um, Pearl is joining us from Edmonton, Alberta. I have family up there. Hello, Pearl. Thank you for joining us. Um, Sadie's in Arizona. Hi, Bev. Oh, Deanna. Now, she was one of my guests on the podcast, and she's fantastic. Um, So great that you could join us live today. Um, So thank you, everyone who's able to join. Um, Let me just talk about what we're going to cover today. Okay, so I try to do one of these Facebook Lives every month in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community so that we can connect and get together and talk about these things and inspire one another. And you can share your stories and ask your questions. And one day, one day, we're going to move this over to Zoom so that we can get your faces on here and we can have a real like face-to-face conversation. I would love that. Um, So... I started the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community when Dr. Dyer died in 2015. It was just a few days later. I was so shocked. He was like a lighthouse to me. He was this 
Oh, <laughs> he was this guiding light and he still is. And I still feel the grief of that. It's been uh, almost six years since he died, and I still feel the grief of that. And I lost my own father um, two years ago. They were the same age. Um, if any of you have listened to the podcast, I'm sure I've heard me talk about that. My dad is very much um, with me in my heart every day, so he comes up when when I'm talking about the. I mean, my dad is spirit now. He's pure spirit. So of course, when I'm talking about spirituality, I'm going to bring up my dad. Um, still teaching me from the other side, much as Wayne is. So today, I've been I've been thinking about this topic for a while, and it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that's near and dear to my own heart, um, and that's spirituality for challenging times. Not spirituality for good times, which is wonderful, and it's fun, and it can add depth to your life, and it can add a sense of meaning to your life and richness. But what happens when you really need it? What happens when shit hits the fan? What happens when a relationship ends or you lose your job or somebody dies or you just don't know which way to go or you're feeling depressed? The most obvious example of a large scale challenging time is the pandemic. Now, if we were having this conversation a year ago, it would go a little bit differently because a year ago, we were still recovering from the shock. We really had no idea how long this was going to last. We hadn't maybe adapted yet to the sudden changes to our lives, our lifestyle, our livelihood, our sense of freedom in the world, our sense of safety in the world. But I would say in a year people have transformed. And there's an opportunity here to reinvent your life. Um, Some people will describe this time as something that happened to them, as a suffering, as a reason why um, they're upset and sad and gaining weight and why they can't be happy. And while you may be feeling some of those things, I want you to know that you don't have to feel those things. That cause and effect are not that direct. That how you feel is a result of how you think. How you think produces your emotions and your emotions guide your life. They motivate you. You know, we have all these hidden motivations And in psychology, we've been studying that for a long time. What motivates people? Why do we do what we do? And we don't really even understand ourselves, much less anybody else. You can live with someone for many years and never fully know what it's like to be in their mind, what their thoughts are. So let's start with what is spirituality. And... Then we're going to talk about uh, spiritual practice. Do you need one? What does one look like? And then I have three benefits to a spiritual practice or a spiritual perspective during challenging times. I narrowed it down to top three. Uh, I think it's good stuff. I think you're going to love it. It may be things you already know, but I'm going to draw your attention to remind you. I'm going to remind you what you already know. 
And then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the content in Dr. Wayne Dyer's book. There's a spiritual solution to every problem. If you've read it, um, drop it in the comments. Uh, if you have any questions, we're going to be covering questions at the end. And to anyone who is watching the replay or watching this live, I will read all the, all the comments. And I will respond to as many as I can over the next few days. So, um, you know, I care what you think. I want to have this conversation. I'm here with you because it excites me to talk to people about these things. Um, it warms my heart to be in a space with other people who feel um, about Wayne Dyer the way I feel about him or have an interest in spirituality or really just want to improve their lives. So here we go. What is spirituality? Um, so it's actually defined as being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. So being concerned with the material world only would exclude spirituality, a spiritual life, a spiritual understanding. It's associated with a sense of connection to something bigger than yourself and um, can help you find meaning in your life with or without religion. Now, some people talk about spirituality in terms of a church, and it can be that, it very much can be that, um, but it doesn't need to be, that you can have a connection to the divine, you can have an understanding of the part of you that is birthless and deathless without going to church every Sunday. But the thing that I want you, if you, if you take one thing away from this conversation today, I want it to be this. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. And that means you can't get this wrong. You are by definition spirit. Now the material world is one aspect. Uh, the material world comes from the world of the unseen. In the scripture it says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. And, and all being comes from non-being. So the idea is that this flesh would, would not be alive without your soul, without your spirit, without this energy that animates all things. I would define God as um, a loving presence, omnipotent, understanding, not necessarily an individual, but a divine intelligence that runs through all things, that lives inside of you, inside of the flower, inside of the solar system, that the energy that creates worlds is the same energy that creates you, that you can look at the world as either there are no miracles or everything is a miracle. When we study science, we're trying to make sense out of nature. We're trying to observe what's happening and figure it out. But we only know a teeny tiny bit. There's such wisdom in nature that you can trust in yourself. You're a part of this. You aren't an alien that landed on the planet from somewhere else, even though sometimes it might feel that way. You were actually born of the earth. Alan Watts used to say that the earth peoples the same way an apple tree apples. That means that you belong. That means that you're a part of it. You're not a mistake. And I know 
that you chose to be here, that I chose to be here, that we're here because we really, really wanted to be, that there is value in this human experience. We may doubt that because we experience suffering and pain and illness and loss. Everything that you love, you will one day lose. Everything that lives will one day die. And there's this dichotomy of beauty and pain that exists in all things. And yet, there's a divine intelligence. Now, you can choose to believe that everything happens for a reason and that there are no accidents. Wayne would argue that that's true. But you don't even have to take it that far. If you just believe that there's something to be gained from every experience, you're already ahead of the game. You are a spiritual being. You're having a human experience. Those amazing synchronicities when things come together and it feels like magic and you get those chills and you're like, whoa, I can't believe that happened. Can you believe that? And you dismiss it as some sort of anomaly. But it's not an anomaly. It's not an accident. This is the nature of the universe. This is at the core of who you are. You are spirit. Everything is energy, even from science from quantum physics, or if you look at an atom, if you look close enough at an atom, there's almost no matter in there at all. It's just all energy. It's space and energy. So even from a scientific definition, everything that seems to be solid, everything that seems to be material is really energy, including you. And that is part of the basis for a spiritual understanding. And that's one of the things that Wayne goes into great depth with in there's a spiritual solution to every problem. Your energy. So even if you were to sleepwalk through your whole life, thinking that this is all there is, blaming other people for what you feel, blaming other people for your experiences, oh, that guy's just a jerk, and if somebody would just hire me, then my life would be good. And these things just happen to me, and that's just my luck. If you believed only the surface of things, you still wouldn't be getting it wrong. And it wouldn't make you less valuable or less of a spiritual being than any other human. You'd just be less aware of what's beyond the physical of what's beyond the material, of what goes deeper than that. And I think that understanding can save us <laughs> so much drama, so much pain. You know, maybe our moments of suffering can be a lot shorter if we start looking for the meaning. Instead of waiting for hindsight to kick in, if you start looking for the meaning when it happens to you, what is this trying to teach me? What opportunity is here? How can I turn this around? Knowing that what you focus on expands. So we talked a little bit about spirituality. Do you need to have a spiritual practice? And I think this is kind of an intimidating question for some people because it feels like pressure. It feels like one more thing that you have to do. Uh, one more thing on the to-do list. Uh, you know, do the laundry, prep the lunch for tomorrow, uh, meditate, uh, you know, whatever it is. And I don't want it to feel that way for you. 
Because if you just go through the motions, then you're not going to get a whole lot from it. I believe that a daily spiritual practice can do wonders for you. If you're giving yourself an opportunity to slow down, reflect, and connect, I think that's why people go to church once a week. But instead of once a week, if you had a practice every day, like a daily prayer, a morning prayer, you can have the equivalent of that in whatever practice makes the most sense to you. That can help keep you aligned with what matters most to you. It can help keep you on track in your life in terms of what you want and how you want to feel. And make sure that you're taking good care of yourself. Sometimes it's not until we slow down that we realize, oh gosh, my knee's really bothering me. What should I do about that? Your body is an amazing barometer for life. It feels energy. It's sending you signals all the time. I think you should use your body as a tool, a tool and a temple, because this is, this is our vehicle for life. Our body allows us to be here to have this experience. When we die, we will return to the state of oneness, to this understanding of oneness, to this expansive state. We're sort of squeezed into this perspective where we can't remember what comes before and we can't see what comes next, which means we must be meant to focus on what's happening right here, right now, right in front of you, the really human stuff. Being spiritual doesn't mean neglecting the human stuff. It means living more fully. So what does a spiritual practice look like? I think some of the most common examples um, that people think of with a spiritual practice are meditation, yoga, chanting, but it can also include things like reading, listening to music, sitting outdoors, going for a walk, or even just bringing mindfulness to doing the dishes and folding the laundry because it's really your presence of mind that is key here. Anything can be a spiritual practice. Remember, you are a spiritual being. Anything can be a spiritual practice if you're fully present, if your awareness of here is here. Be here now. If you're doing the dishes and instead of thinking about what somebody said to you or what you didn't do or what needs to get done tomorrow, if you're actually feeling the water and listening to the sounds and bringing a presence of love to everything that you do, that can be a meditative practice. That can be a spiritual practice. That can be something that brings you into alignment. It's like a type of meditation where you allow awareness to be the focus point. For you to be fully immersed in the present moment is all that is needed for you to connect with the world around you in a spiritual way. Awareness is at the heart of who you are. That's your higher self. Your higher self is the witness. Your higher self is watching what's happening. You're not even your thoughts. You're the witness behind your thoughts. 
And when you pick a thought to follow, that's a choice. That thought isn't you. Don't believe everything you think. You're the observer. The real you, the higher you, the core of who you are is the observer. Do you ever have a moment where you see yourself, maybe you're in an argument or you just do something outrageous and you just feel like there's this part of you that's sort of stepping back going, ah, what is she doing? (laughs) Why is she doing that? Oh, she's going to regret this. Oh, no, you should stop. Stop now. But we get this momentum going and it can be hard to stop. But there is this this higher part of you that has a different perspective that's always watching. Bring awareness to anything that you do and it will transform the experience from mundane into something richer and more meaningful. It might not look any different on the outside, but it feels different. It's just a different way of being. That's spirituality. So when it comes to a spiritual practice, I strongly believe in going your own way and crafting your own thing. By all means, follow anybody's advice that that resonates for you, that excites you, that interests you. Some people say if something excites you and scares you at the same time, you should do it. I'm sure there's exceptions to that. But I think when it comes to spiritual practices, you're probably not going to go wrong with that advice. Listen to your heart. You know, what you are interested in is not an accident. What you're attracted to isn't an accident. It's a message. If you feel drawn to something or curious about a practice, then try it. You know, give it some time to see if it's going to work for you. But it's okay to change it up as often feels natural to you. Like you can trust in yourself. You have an internal guidance system. And the more often you get quiet and listen to that, the more you will build trust in your choices, in your life, and feel good about it. We don't want to get to the end of our lives and have regrets. We don't want to turn around and go, what if my whole life was wrong? And I think if we're reminding ourselves to be present, if we're getting back into alignment on a regular basis, ideally with some kind of spiritual practice, we're not going to die with regrets. We're going to know we lived a good life. We're going to know that we really were there for our life, that we showed up for life. How we treat each other, I think, is so key. But you have to fill your own cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. So these self-care practices, you can't neglect yourself. And I think if you give yourself an opportunity to tune in, you might get some guidance on what you need a doctor visit, a vitamin, a change of diet. Who knows? Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a book that's going to inspire you. Just give yourself that time to listen. So my spiritual practice is pretty eclectic. So I'm going to share a little bit with you about what I like to do. Um, So books for me have been key for a long time, uh, especially Wayne Dyer, but many others uh, I've enjoyed. Um, Ram Dass is another huge influence of mine. Uh, Alan Watts, um, John Kabat-Zinn. I studied A Course in Miracles, as did Wayne Dyer. Um, so many, right? All, Hay House is just a, a gold mine of, of materials. And when I sit and read a book or I listen to a talk, it really helps to bring me back into that feeling of alignment with my source. 
what a gift Wayne Dyer's lectures are for that. And maybe his voice isn't the right one for everyone. Maybe it doesn't resonate for everybody, but it really resonated for me. The way that he said things, the way he explained them, I just got it. Like I understood it and I felt inspired. And 25 years later, I still do. Guided meditations. I love guided meditations because like, let's say you're having a busy day and you're feeling a little bit scattered and you might have a hard time just sort of sitting down and following the breath because your mind is having a hard time quieting. Listening to a guided meditation is great for that uh, because you can, like you don't have to, <laughs> it doesn't take as much discipline, I guess. Um, I do also do simple breath meditations or uh, mantras or japa meditations, um, but I really do love guided meditations and I come back to a lot of the same ones over and over again, like Wayne Dyer's Meditations for Manifesting, his Morning Awe and Om. Those are both great. I've been listening to those for a long time. I love a simple ceremony, really simple, just to set sacred space. Um, I'll light a candle. I've got one here. Um, I, I do have a sacred room. So, so the room I'm in here, um, I turned this into my sacred space the day after Wayne Dyer died. So we had recently moved into this house and I had set up a yoga room in our, in our old townhouse. And when we moved here, um, everything was kind of in boxes for a long time. And it was, I think we'd been here for, I don't know, a little bit. And I hadn't set up another space. And then the day after Wayne Dyer died, I turned this room, which was kind of a spare room, into my sacred space. And now I put pictures on the wall and crystals and things that meant something to me and candles that I could burn. And I would come and I would do my meditation here and I would read my Wayne Dyer books. And um, I have this old CD collection of his talks and I would um, pop those in and listen to them in this space. So, um, yeah, like I, I poured so much love into this, into this room. And then when I um, started doing more card readings, um, I needed an office. I needed a space where I could show up like this um, and like have a camera, like all of that. Anyway, so, so my sacred space became my sacred office. Uh, with the pandemic, my husband's now working from home. So we'll call it a sacred joint office. We've got two desks in here now. We sort of take shifts, right? He's, he's the day shift and I, you know, I do evenings, but, um, still sacred space, still a beautiful space. And I think it's important, even if you just have, say, a shelf somewhere in your house where you can just put some things that are meaningful to you. Whatever means something to you could be the picture of a loved one. It could be Jesus. It could be, um, you know, a carved stone animal that um, reminds you to be to feel powerful or, you know, whatever it is. It's very personal. Um, but Wayne Dyer definitely talked about having a sacred space for his writing and again, like he was my main spiritual teacher. So he opened a lot of doors for me. And I think that was one of them. I really believe that we all have a spiritual support team of angels, guides, and ancestors. Now, I studied angels and oracle cards with Kyle Gray. He's another Hay House author. He's great. He's in Scotland. And he um, 
He used to be known as the Angel Whisperer, but he has several books like Angel Prayers, which are really great if you're interested in angels. I learned a lot um, from him about that and about how to connect and how their energy can benefit you. Um, and I also learned Oracle cards from him. That's when that's when I started card reading way back when. Um, so um, Angel Oracle and Tarot cards are part of my spiritual practice. I have a really visual mind. So not only do I love those guided visualizations um, in meditation, but I also love cards because it's like the picture pops out a message. And it can be as simple as just pulling a card in the morning to answer the question, what do I most need to know today? And if cards aren't your thing, like that's okay. Uh, just find what is. Now I do have, it's hard to find these now, but Wayne Dyer does have a few, uh, I don't know if he'd call this an Oracle deck, basically it is, but um, 50 card deck of inspirational messages from his book, Inspiration. And just for fun, I'm going to pull one of these for you today, for all of us. Let's see, what, what do we most need to know today? <laughs> oh, this so sounds like Wayne. Be engaged in the now. Thinking about where you've been or what you did wrong in the past are impediments to an inspired life. When you're inspired, you're totally engaged in the now, in an infinite, never beginning and never ending universe. There is no past. All your powers in the present moment. Um, and all cards work like that. It's just as simple as that. Now, if you want to get into doing readings for other people or doing larger spreads, it's a little bit more involved. But if you like cards, you know, that's a really nice part of a, a morning practice. Um, being outdoors can really bring you a sense of peace. It can reduce stress. You know, I've heard people say like the woods are, are my temple. The woods are my church or just being near water. You can feel the presence of the divine because it's in everything. God is in you. God is in the water, in the plants, in the sun. That energy causes the sun to rise in the morning and the earth to spin. I mean, we are on a rock that is spinning and hurling through space. <laughs> Stillness is an illusion. You're part of that energy. There's a wisdom inherent in everything. You can trust in your nature. You just need to listen to it and get back into alignment with it. Now, yoga and meditation are pillars of so many um, spiritual practices for a reason. They've been around for thousands of years and they work. So yoga actually means union with God. And it's not just the workout that you see at the gyms. Like that's kind of what it's become in modern times. But the yoga of the exercise is called the asanas. And those are the physical postures that are really meant to prepare you to quiet the mind and meditate and connect with and connect with the divine life force. Connect with your higher self, connect with God, connect with the divine. So these practices are wonderful because not only do they help with your physical health, 
but they help with your mental health and they quiet or quiet your mind and they can prepare you for meditation. So if that's something that interests you, I think it is wonderful to start with a yoga practice and end with a meditation because your body will just be so receptive to that. You'll be ready to get into that meditative state. Wayne described meditation as making conscious contact with God. I mean, if that's not a testimonial, I don't know what is. And, you know, you can't get wet from the word water. So you really need to have a personal experience. Somebody can tell you all about, oh, you're connected to everything and you're one and there's this higher energy within you. But unless you feel it, unless you experience it, then you don't have that testimony. You don't you don't have that knowing within you. And it needs to be more than a belief. It needs to be a knowing. When you feel it, you know, it can stay with you forever. But much like having a um, exercise, right? We don't just go to the gym once and then we say, oh, we're fit now. No, you go back again and again and again and again, and it keeps that conditioning. Well, I think having a spiritual practice is like that. If you neglect your spiritual practice, you're going to feel more anxious. You're going to feel more agitated. You might feel a little more off balance. You might get a little more upset about things. And it's just something that can help you um, regain that equilibrium. Because it's not about escaping your life, it's about enriching your life. Have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. Oh, how key this is. I remember when Wayne Dyer used to talk about how, you know, he, if someone told him that crystals were going to cure hemorrhoids, he's out buying a crystal chair. Like, why not? Like, let's use the placebo effect. Who cares if it's just a placebo? If it works, it works. <laughs> I think that's so fun. And I think that's such a great way to live that instead of being skeptical and afraid of everything, be open to everything and just see what happens. You know, put, put your heart into what you want. You know, send your, your, intentions in the direction of what you want and then let go be unattached to outcome trusting that there is a wisdom inherent in everything including you all right now i want to get to the meat of why we're all here um how can spirituality help me with the problems in my life oh brandon so wonderful to see you thank you for being here bruce cheryl um angie Wonderful. Got a, a lot of great people showed up today. I just love um, being able to connect with you like this. Gabriella, hi. Um, Deanna, yes. Okay. So how can spiritual help you with the problems in your life? <laughs> a metaphor that I like to think about, that I like to share, is... The idea that light is most visible in a darkened room. If you have, say, a tiny little nightlight in your room, you're not going to see it in the middle of the day. You're not going to see it when the lights are on. But if all those lights go out, all of a sudden, that little light is so easy to find. It's so easy to see. You get where I'm going with this? So if you are going through life and everything's pretty good, you might not notice that little spark of divinity. You might not notice that little guiding light that lives inside of you. 
But when everything else goes dark, if you're looking, it is so much easier to find. This is why people make radical life changes when they hit rock bottom. It's an opportunity for a U-turn because all of a sudden you can see more clearly what you want, what you need, what matters to you. And when we come face to face with our mortality and we realize that we are here temporarily, sometimes that's the kick in the butt that we need not to waste it. When my dad died two years ago, um, it shattered my world. It changed everything forever. And the biggest lesson that I received from that is maybe for the first time, knowing, feeling, understanding that without a doubt, we are here temporarily. It's so easy to feel like one day is the same as the next. Ah, it's boring, goes on, same old thing, it's always work to do. But it's not. Every day is different, every day is an opportunity. When you look back on your life, I don't want you to have regrets. And I can't tell you what you should do with your life. Nobody can tell you how to live your life. That's why you got to tune in. Because everything is energy, bringing divine love into the space of mourning, grief, heartache, or doubt can be like switching on the light in a dark room. You don't have to chase away the darkness in your life. When you flip that light switch on, the presence of light eliminates and replaces darkness in an instant. You don't need to fight it. You don't need to chase it away. The presence of light transforms darkness into light. Our priorities become really clear when our patterns are interrupted. When life stopped last year, did you feel your priorities more clearly? I think for me... You know, I'm, I'm an introvert and I love connecting with small groups. I love having meaningful conversations. I love the close friends and family in my life. Um, but a lot of my time I'm recharging alone <laughs> or I'm doing creative projects. And I realized in that absence how much human connection meant to me. That for someone who kind of avoids crowds, I actually started to miss it. Yes, an introvert missing crowds. It can actually happen. Um, <laughs> so it's that human connection became really clear. And I think for a lot of us, we're like, oh, man, I can't wait until I can hug my friends again. I can't wait until we can go to a concert again. And it became clear that those things weren't trivial, that they meant something, and maybe not for the reason that we thought before. You can choose to believe that everything happens for a reason, but again, I don't even think you have to take it that far. Three primary benefits 
to having a spiritual perspective during challenging times. Now, I want to clarify that because you can have a spiritual practice, but you don't have to. Or your spiritual practice might not look like a traditional spiritual practice. It's that perspective. It's that seeing the energy behind things, knowing the connection between things, um, staying connected to that part of you that's birthless and deathless. Three primary benefits can help you to, spirituality in hard times can help you to look for opportunities of positive change. Wayne Dyer, one of his most favorite quotes is, if you believe it will work out, you'll see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you'll see obstacles. What you focus on expands. What are you looking for? Stay open to what this has to teach you. What do you have to learn from this? And know that anything that comes your way can be an opportunity con to connect more deeply to the divine love that surrounds you and lives inside of you always. Let's go into these three a little bit more deeply. So the first one is about manifesting solutions. Okay, you've got a problem, something happened, you don't like it, you can either change the situation or change how you think about it. Focus on what you do want. You know, use the law of attraction to your benefit. What you focus on expands. Ask for what you want and then let go. Open to everything attached to nothing. Stay open to opportunity. Trust in something bigger. Know that there's a divine intelligence that runs through everything, including you. Or as Wayne would say, there's something bigger moving the pieces around. And take radical responsibility for everything that happens to you in your life. Instead of going, why is this happening to me? I can't believe that person did that. This is so terrible. I didn't deserve that. Take responsibility. It doesn't mean you take blame. But say, everything that happens to me is up to me. It's for me. Life is happening for me, not to me. And then it brings us to what does this have to teach me or what can I learn from this? So we know so well the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> you may have gone through times in your life where you look back and you go, oh, I get it now. I get it now. That was so important because it changed the direction I was going or it set me onto this path. If you've read um, I Can See Clearly Now by Dr. Wayne Dyer. I mean, this book is just jam-packed with examples of that, of a series of quantum moments in his life that led him forward. And it's only in looking back that he could see clearly how everything was connected. But instead of waiting for the benefit of hindsight, if while something challenging is happening to you, as quick as you can, as soon as the thought comes to you, what does this have to teach me? What can I learn from this? Even from the worst tragedy, tragedies of your life, there is always something positive you can do with the hand that you are dealt. If you are still alive, it's not over. You can take your worst pain and turn it into something that can help another person. Brandon's doing that. The 
there is something of benefit in every experience. Even if you can't see it at first, keep looking for it. What does this have to teach me? And then the third one is about that opportunity for awakening, um, which brings me to the beloved Ram Dass. Ram Dass. Um, I love him. So Ram Dass used to say everything is grist for the mill, um, which grist is like the, the, the grain that's brought to the mill, which basically means everything can be made useful. You can take anything and use it for your benefit. Embrace everything that happens, good, bad, or indifferent. You don't have to like it to embrace it. In fact, if you don't like it, embrace it twice as hard because you know there's something in there for you. Every opportunity, every experience, every moment of your life is another opportunity for awakening. A chance to remember who you are, to discover who you are, to reconnect with a divine perspective. You can go through the problem instead of around it because you know there's something in the heart of that for you. Rather than avoiding, denying, or pushing away the things that you don't like, which only delays what you probably need to learn and prolongs your suffering, Walk into that fire with your heart open. There's a meme that used to go around. I think it says something like, um, if you're in hell, walk through the flames like you own the place. <laughs> so if your life feels like it's on fire right now, be like, own it. What is here for me? Things can only get better from here. Ramdas famously worked with people who were dying. He described the practice for his practice, like his part in that was to try to be fully present, hold space, and keep his heart open in the most painful circumstances. Instead of closing down, getting angry, blaming anyone or anything for the circumstances of your life, if you can keep your heart open, you stay in alignment with your higher self. Ramdas suffered a stroke back in 1997. He lived another 22 years. And I don't know about anybody else, but I was really shocked that he lived that long with such a disability. He was in a wheelchair. I'm sure he had a number of ailments and pain. And he had aphasia, which meant it was really hard for him to speak, which is like, it's like being stripped of your greatest gift. He was so gifted at explaining these concepts to us. He would still give talks, but he had trouble connecting the thought to the word. He could think just fine, but he couldn't find the word, so he would speak really slowly. And I, I can only imagine, for someone who's such a great orator, how frustrating that must have been. And instead of giving up, he lived another 22 years. And I firmly believe that the reason why he did, why he survived with a smile on his face and love in his heart and still things to teach us is because he continued the practices that he had taught us for three decades prior to that. He used his stroke as a way to become more present, more connected, more aware. He would later describe this as being stroked. 
that there was a blessing in it. He never would have chosen it. Why would you choose something like that? But if it happens, you can find something of value in there. You're here as a human being. You're not meant to be something other than human. You're not meant to be only spiritual. So take the curriculum. What does this have to teach you? I think there is a yearning in us for awakening, for an understanding, for a union, to feel at one with everything and everyone again, to feel the presence of God. I think it's a little bit like starving. Like, let's say if you were living in a sea of love, which many describe um, near-death experiences like that, that you are just surrounded by the sea of unconditional love, which I think we are all the time. But when we take birth, Somewhere along the way, we lose that feeling. We lose that connection. We lose that remembering, that understanding of being loved, of having a right to be here, of being supported. Again, I really think that you have a spiritual support team of angels, guides, and ancestors. And if you tune in and listen, they can give you guidance. Um, There is a quote from Wayne Dyer in this book, that says, my personal understanding of a spiritual practice is that it is a way of making my life work at a higher level and receiving guidance for handling problems. Mm. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you for putting me on this path. (laughs) Because when things are hard, this can be life-saving. And sometimes a little hope is all you need to get you through, to keep going. If you believe there's something here for you that life is happening to you, or as Louise Hay said, life loves you, there's so much here for you. It's not an accident. Okay. There's a spiritual solution to every problem. And I do want to make mention of the cover photo on this book because it is so special. This is a real picture of Wayne Dyer on top of a building in a CC after he had a miraculous healing experience. He was going up this very narrow, steep stone staircase with like hundreds of people behind him. And there was a man that had braces on his legs and he he couldn't continue up any further because there wasn't enough space for him to walk. So Wayne carried him on his back and Wayne had a problem with his knee from running in tennis for many years and his knee was collapsing. And he had this vision of tumbling down the stairs with hundreds of people getting injured and being on the news and all of that. And in this moment, he had this vision of St. Francis, St. Francis of Assisi standing before him, raising his hands like this, as though telling Wayne to stand up. And all of a sudden, he felt this lightness and this energy. And not only was he able to continue, he ran up the rest of the stairs with this man on his back. He had this healing that he never had any significant problems with that knee anymore. He was supposed to have surgery on it 
and uh, he didn't need to after that. So this picture was right after this happened, and he's giving thanks in prayer. He was working on this book, A Spiritual Solution to Every Problem, while he was on that, that trip, and so the picture ended up on the cover. Now, Wayne tells a testimony in the beginning that has to do with the time that he had a heart attack. Uh, many of you will know that when Wayne died in 2015, they say it was a heart attack. He didn't have any trace of leukemia in his body at that time, so he really had healed, which was amazing. But we're all born and we all die. Well, the human part of us does. <laughs> and um, he used to say nobody dies before it's their time. But I want to share a little bit of, of his story in the foreword about... Um, how he came to find that, that these ideas are really true. So on the 15th of June in 2000, um, he had just finished the manuscript for this book. And then in the autumn of that year, he says, I was literally brought to my knees while alone in a hotel room. I could barely breathe. My chest felt like it was in a vice. I was sweating profusely and soon found out that I had had a heart attack. But something was dreadfully wrong with this picture. I do not smoke or drink. I am not overweight. I exercise every day, and I have done so for 25 years. I watch what I eat. I meditate. I do what I love, and I love what I do. I don't do heart attacks. Not me. Not Dr. Wayne Dyer. Yet there I was in the hospital with monitor wires attached all over my upper body. For the first 24 hours, I lay there in a state of shock and disbelief. I felt sorry for myself. I refused to acknowledge that such a thing could happen to me. I was weepy around my family, and I was, to be honest, scared. After that first day, I began to re-examine what I had written in this book you are about to read. I reminded myself over and over again of the title. There is a spiritual solution to every problem. And this surely was a problem. I remembered that I could bring the energy of spirit right there to the hospital room. By doing so, I could turn this thing around and no longer wallow in the low energy of self-pity, injury, sadness, fear, and doubt. The facts were the facts. My heart had been injured. Now it was up to me. I am not this body. I am a spiritual being, eternal, always connected to God. I could shift my awareness to being the observer rather than the victim, which is what I have been writing about over the past 20 years. It was as if the light came on in a dark room. I felt the presence of a higher, faster healing energy almost immediately. I began to be cheerful rather than morose. That's how he survived his heart attack. He had a stint put in to his heart after that. He says, the essential message of this book is that everything in our universe, everything, is nothing more than energy. That is, at the very core of its being, everything is vibrating at a certain frequency. Slower frequencies appear more solid, and this is where our problems show up. Faster frequencies, such as light and thought, are less visible. The fastest frequencies are what I am calling spirit. When the highest, fastest frequencies of spirit are brought to the presence of lower or slower frequencies, they nullify and dissipate those things we call problems, like turning on a light in a dark room. 
your ultimate choice is whether to align yourself with a high energy field or low energy field. In essence, when you finally come to know and understand the world of spirit on an intimate basis, you will see clearly that all problems are illusions and that they are concocted by our minds because we have come to believe that we are separate from our source, which I call God, but you can label it any way you prefer. God bless you, Wayne Dyer. Um, if you want to learn more about this book, uh, it's a great read. I encourage you to check this one out, Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. He also has the prayer of St. Francis on the back, which is, where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Oh, this isn't the whole thing. This is part of it. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying to self that we are born to eternal life. I guess he's part of eternal life now. But we are too. You are too. You're not here by accident. Everything has something to teach you. Use it as an opportunity for awakening. Awakening. You know, take the lessons as they come and focus on what you want because that's what expands. If anybody has any questions or things they'd like to share, please drop it in the comments. Um, if you're leaving that during the replay, I will re respond to them later. Now, I did have a question that was pre-submitted by Karen. Um, so if you are able to watch this, um, please drop me a line and let me know. But she said, how do you get to knowing that God is with us all the time and leave fear and doubt out of your life? How do you get to knowing that God is with us all the time? Well, you got to make conscious contact with God. I can tell you about that energy all day and all night, and it doesn't mean you're going to feel it. It doesn't mean you're going to experience it or receive it. You need to experience it. You won't get wet from the word water. So I think for you in particular, if you don't already have a meditation practice, that's key. That's key. When I went to see Wayne Dyer in Maui, he led us through a meditation because he said, I don't want you to just hear about this. I want you to experience this. And boy, did I. And I swear there was this energy that he brought with his own meditation when he closed his eyes and he started to meditate and he connected. It was like there was just this wave of energy that went through, like, like you could feel it, like it was like a, like a wave of love. And I opened my eyes and I looked around like, did anybody else feel that? But we all do that. We all generate energy. You can be a conduit for that love. And if you stick to a meditation practice, find one that you like. Find one that works for you. Commit to at least 10 minutes every day to quiet the mind and connect with your higher self. God is in you. You don't have to go looking out there. Just get quiet and go within. Meditation isn't about not thinking. It's about loosening your identification with your thoughts. Releasing your attachment to those thoughts and observing them, becoming the observer, becoming the witness. That's your higher self. 
it's a process in shifting your perspective. You got to feel it for yourself. And then how do you leave fear and doubt out of your life? Okay, well, the only real fix that I have found as an antidote to fear is faith. It doesn't have to be a religious faith. It doesn't have to be following dogma. But you need to know that there is something bigger here. That you are part of something bigger. That there is a divine intelligence in all of life. Only then can you trust. Only then can you let go. As they say in the recovery movement, let go and let God. Jesus, take the wheel. Um, you don't have to... <laughs> You don't have to resonate with Jesus for that to be true. Um, I do. Um, I'm not involved in a religion, but, but I like Jesus a whole lot. He had a lot of wonderful things to teach us. So you need to let go. You need to believe in something bigger. You need to have trust and have faith. Like if you think everything in your life is up to you, then you're going to make the mistake of thinking you have to have all the answers. You have to do it perfectly. What if I do it wrong? But the thing is, you can't get it wrong because no matter which direction you choose, you're going to gain something from it. You're going to learn something from it. And that says faith and trust is having a deep belief. Yeah. And you can believe in yourself. You, you can believe in the part of you that transcends this petty drama. <laughs> she's in there. Know that you're not alone. You don't need to have all the answers. You're participating in life. You are participating in life. You don't need to run the whole show. Let go and let God. This one shift could eliminate all anxiety. Yeah, because if you put everything on your shoulders, oh gosh, that's too much. You know, like I'm a mom, I've got two little kids and sometimes I don't want to be in charge. <laughs> it's so tiring. And, you know, there's a part of me that misses those days when I could just kind of, um, I don't know, goof off and not have to figure everything out and not have to plan everything and make sure we have milk in the house and all those things, right? It's exhausting if you think you're in charge of everything all the time and it's really a delusion. That's ego. Ego has its place. I'm not going to fight with ego. Embrace your ego, but don't let it run the show. I hope that's helpful, Karen. All right, let's see if we have any questions coming up here. Oh, thank you, Deanna. Thank you, Annette. Deanna said, thank you for the community. It can feel, it can feel sometimes like a lonely walk. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if you haven't heard me say this before, one of the reasons I started this group is because I don't really know anybody else who liked Wayne Dyer. I barely knew anybody who knew who Wayne Dyer was. Now, my dad liked Wayne Dyer, but he would sort of watch it when it was on. Or, or I, I, um, I gave him this book as a gift, and he, and he loved it. And he's like, oh, yeah, great man. Like, my dad was... Um, he didn't say a lot. He was kind of um, a few words, but great wisdom. And uh, yeah, he liked, he liked Wayne Dyer, but he wasn't going to hop on a plane and go 
see him in Maui or, you know, um, that was me. I don't know. There was just something that I was so passionate about. And I think my dad kind of had this knowing. It's almost like he didn't need it. He didn't need to keep hearing about it. He didn't need someone to teach him. He just kind of, he trusted in this place in himself. Um, but for me, it's like, um, it's just so easy to feel anxious about life or it's so easy to believe in limitations. And whenever I, I would start to slip back into that, like Wayne would always boost me up and he still does. Um, so yes, it can feel lonely. Um, what's, what's one of his talks? Wayne Dyer's talk said it's never crowded along the extra mile. You know, the spiritual community actually isn't very big. It kind of feels like everything to me, but um, in terms of population, it's a pretty small percentage. And so if you're new here, if you're new to Wayne Dyer, welcome. Like, you're in good company. There's so much to learn here. Um, it doesn't matter to me if you're just beginning that journey or if you've been doing it for 50 years, right? Everybody's welcome. This is a space of love. I try to keep this a clean, loving space. Um, if you see spam or anything inappropriate, just report it. We'll get it cleaned up. Uh, this group is so big now. It's so big now, which is, I mean, it's amazing. It's mind-blowing. And I love that we can come together like this. Um, and I will always do my best to keep this a space of love. So thank you to everyone who joined me today. Thank you for listening to this talk and watching this video and um, just sharing the journey, spiritual running buddies. And for anyone who's watching the replay, you know, time and space is an illusion. We connect at the perfect time. And I will read all of your comments. So um, if you haven't checked out my podcast, it's called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. The entire first season is available on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can get all the details at NadiaDelacruz.com. I talk about Wayne Dyer's life and his teachings, and I've had so many incredible guests sharing their own stories of um, tragedy and transformation. Um, it's been really great. And uh, I will be continuing uh, in the fall with season two. Um, but right now there's 29 episodes that you can go catch up on if you haven't heard them. So um, I hope that you love it. I made that podcast for you guys. Change your thoughts, change your life. Okay, so I will be back next month um, for our next live in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.